shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my God how 
That's what I think I sound like. <laughs> and this, this morning, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verses 5 through 6. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verses 5 through 6. Paul writes, For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do, we love you this morning. Lord, we just ask that you pour out your spirit upon this service, that our ears, our hearts, our minds are open to your message. To your word this morning. And all these things we ask in your name. Amen. For those of you that don't know, Trinity High School won the state championship in wrestling yesterday. Uh, Becky's great, great nephew was the MVP actually yesterday. So, uh, but it was really cool. Um, it was amazing. But speaking of Trinity High School, they have started an athletic hall of fame. And I'm sure this this group of wrestlers will get in one day, but the inaugural class just got inducted last month. There were several individuals, there were volunteers, and of course they had three different state championship teams. They had the, well actually four if you want to think about it, but they had the back-to-back girls state championship teams, they had the girls volleyball state championship team, and they had the 2004 boys state championship team. And it was really cool because in, we were headed over at Colonial and they had all these teams there. And uh, Shelly and I got to read, every, all, we did basically the emceeing of the event that night. And I had the chance to talk to several members of each of these teams. And each of them could remember plays of different games and different matches. But when I asked them what set them apart, from any other team that they've ever been a part of, I got the same answer from all four teams. They only cared about one number. They didn't care who scored, how they scored, how many somebody else scored. All they cared about was the number on the scoreboard. And was it in their favor? 
That's the only number they cared about. This isn't always true. And most teams, and it's probably why most teams don't make it to the state championship or win a state championship. The most successful teams I've ever coached have had that mindset. But it's getting harder and harder to get players to understand that. I work, if you've been to a boys basketball game at Trinity, you know that I work at the table. I'm, I, basically, I talk all night. Um, but I do the announcing at the boys game. But after the game, there are several players that come over to the table. and They want to know, how many did I have tonight? How many points did I get? Even after a loss, they want to know how many they had. We've become a very me, me group of people, me generation. There are preachers on TV that actually, their ministry is based on what God can do for you. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't take care of us and he doesn't bless us because Shelly and I have been blessed beyond measure. But God gave up his son, let him be nailed to a cross, and he died for you and I. How much more can he do for us? How much more could we possibly want? You see, by faith, we are giving eternal life. We are so blessed. What more could we ask for? The NCAA football championship game was a few weeks ago, and there was a player after the game, his team obviously won because they're interviewing him, but they interviewed him, and before the, they, the network had cut it off, the player said, God gave me the ability to play football, and I use this platform to profess my faith that hopefully someday somebody will come to believe in him. Now that's a young man that sees this big picture. I mean, he was good. He was really good. And I mean, if this guy makes it to the NFL, and he probably will, he's going to play seven, maybe ten seasons. He's a running back, so I don't know if he'll make it that long. But he's going to play a while, make a lot of money, but he sees the big picture. It's not about him. None of this is about him. Webb, Grubb, and I were talking the last time we had a, our men's breakfast, and we were talking about doing weddings. And Webb's actually done a few weddings, and I've done several. And you see, if I mess up on a Sunday morning, like this morning, it's just one Sunday. It's on me. And at lunch, you can talk about me and go, well, that's, that wasn't his best. Uh, <laughs> don't think you haven't done it. I know you have. Uh, but... But when I do a wedding, and especially a funeral, I'm much more concerned about the couple or the family. So you, only get, you usually only get one shot at marrying somebody, and you definitely only get one shot at a funeral. But I've been to weddings where the dress was, a, was beautiful, and the church was decorated, and it was, everything was amazing, and then the preacher just butchered the wedding. And that's what you remember. But in seeing doing these, I remember and I, I have to tell myself that no matter what big mess I make of it, it's not about me. Uh, what I always tell the couple before they get married is, is that no matter what happens, you can trip coming down the aisle, that's happened. You can forget the rings, that's happened as well. And you can have the flower girl throw a tantrum and go running away. And I've seen that more than once. The mic can quit working, and the only people that can hear what I'm saying could be the couple. 
But whatever happens, and no matter how bad it goes, when this is over, you're still going to be married. No matter how bad I do, no matter what happens, you're still going to be a married couple at the end of this. You're getting ready to enter into a covenant with each other. See, that covenant, that's a huge word because covenant is more than just an agreement. It's more than just a handshake. It's huge because it's, it's a promise. In Matthew 26, 28, Jesus tells his disciples at the Last Supper, when he took the cup and said, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Right then and there, the disciples had to realize if they hadn't already by then, it's not about them. In watching Jesus do miracle after miracle, you would think they would realize that by now, but it had to figure out at the Last Supper that it wasn't about them. See, they knew about the covenants with Adam, Moses, Noah, Abraham. But Jesus said, I am the new covenant. It's not about you. It's about me. He wasn't telling them that there wasn't going to be work involved. I mean, Adam was given a task. Moses was given a task. Abraham, Noah, both were given tasks. And as big as these names are in the Old Testament, it was never about them. It's about doing the will of God, and there's work to be done. See, that covenant of marriage, that's, there's work to be done. And if you're married, you know that. It takes two to make it work. The minute it becomes about me or you, it quits working. See, those Trinity teams don't win a state championship if it becomes about one player. See, if you've asked Jesus into your heart, you are now on Team Jesus. And it's not about us. It's about him and the work he did on the cross and the covenant he made for us. That covenant or that promise to save us. It will always be about him. And the minute it becomes about us, it quits working. That's why I, after my scripture, usually every Sunday morning, I always say, let's open our hearts and our minds to his message. The, the minute it becomes about me, it'll never work. It's reached nobody. When you hear our choir sing, less than 10 people can sound that good because they aren't singing for you. They aren't singing for themselves. They're singing for him. The band I used to play in, I was in a contemporary Christian band, and, the, and before we played anywhere, we would pray, and always in that prayer we would say, remind us, God, that we play for an audience of one. It's never about us. And I guarantee you, Joe wasn't singing for you this morning. He was singing for one. See, when we come to Sunday school, we study about him. When we come to worship service, we worship him. With anything that we do at this church, all of our projects, all of our help in the community, it's all about honoring him. When it becomes about us, it quits working. Let it never be about us. 
I always say this, and I, and I try to remind myself of this every day, but let other people see Jesus in us. See, the Marine Corps, Fred will agree with this, when we would go on runs, every morning we'd go for a run, and we'd run in formation, and if somebody drops back, the whole platoon would run back around in a big circle and get back behind that individual because we're only going to go as fast as he goes. And if he drops out again, we would just circle him again. You, by the way, you did not want to be this guy when we got back to the barracks. Uh, but it doesn't matter if you're the slowest Marine or the fastest Marine in our platoon. We're only going to go as fast as that slowest Marine. There were times when a man would drop out, and I mean drop out, could not run anymore. Well, we carried him. But we only went as fast as he could go. But we quickly found out that it was never about me. It wasn't even about him. It's about the platoon. We're going to get there together. I tell you sometimes about those Emmaus walks that I've been on, but one of the most powerful things I've ever seen, I was sitting at a table for the weekend with a guy who was the CEO of a major company in Winston-Salem. This guy was a big wig. And I saw that guy go to the altar broken and in tears. This guy had the power to hire, fire, whatever he wanted to do. But he went to his knees at the altar. Philippians 2, 10 through 11 says, At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, in heaven on, and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. See, one day every knee will bow, and every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Because it's not about me, and it's not about you. But like the covenants, we have a task. And that is to be fishers of men. By living a life that people could see Jesus in us. Because it's not about us. It's about him. And we should reflect him in everything that we do and everything that we say. Let's have a time of open worship.
know, we're celebrating 100 years this year. And there's churches I've seen open up and do really, really well at first and then just kind of just falter and they're no longer there. And you know them. You've seen where they've opened up and now they're not there anymore. There's a reason this church has been here 100 years. Because it was never about the individual in the pew. It was always about him. And as long as we keep our focus on him, we're going to be here for another 100 years. Because that's how it works. The minute it becomes about us, it stops. If all hearts and minds are at ease, please stand as we sing our benediction.
please receive this benediction. Heavenly Father, we love you. And Lord, as we go out this week, help us to remember that it's never about us. That we see you in everything that we do. That others see you in all that we say. Lord, just help us to be more like you. And all these things we ask in your name. Amen.